Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. I got my guy with me today, Nick Fryer, Boston Celtic beat writer for WEEI up in Boston. He's all, he also runs our Brooklyn Nets site, NetsWire, so go check his work out over there as the Nets get set to. Really, uh, they're going to have a very interesting offseason, which is going to lead into a very interesting season for the Brooklyn Nets next year with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant coming back. So, Nick, we're not talking about the Nets right now, though. We're talking about the Celtics and the Sixers. Nick? How are you feeling right now, man? I'm uh, I'm feeling good. I mean, you you and I are both in a similar position, though. We're going to have to be uh, talking about head coaching vacancies, I think, fairly soon. I'm not certain. What, what, this is kind of different with the Nets, I guess, but for the Sixers, it seems like it's just a matter of time, right? Yeah, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. That's kind of you know where it's at right now uh, with the 76ers after getting – swept at around one in the playoffs by the Celtics on Sunday. They lost at 110 to 106, despite 30 points and 10 rebounds from Joel Embiid. Um, I mean, Nick, like this entire series, man, it just, it was blatantly obvious that the Sixers were outmanned. Tobias Harris was a mess. Al Horford was a mess. Uh, the only guy I really, really liked outside of Joel, honestly, was Shake Milton. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. There was, I mean, maybe it's just me and how I feel about Josh Richardson, but I felt like there were, he had some moments on the defensive end moments, where he kind of yeah. Stepped up, but that was but that was really it. I mean, he was. I feel like he was overmatched, and I felt like Shake Milton. They were asking him to do too much, and Tybalt too, or Tybalt. God, I, I always say his name wrong. I apologize. I'm sure it offends him immensely. But um, <laughs> in general, yeah, I thought it was a, a frustrating series for the Sixers, and it was. There was the one game. I don't know if it was. Um, it might have been Game Three where Tatum got in serious foul trouble and sh- sat out the entire. Uh, second quarter, right? Yeah, it was Game Three. Ooh. Sits out the entire second quarter. Well, There's no. Gordon Hayward. Either way, no Gordon Hayward in that game either. And the Sixers can't take advantage of it at all. When And I get not having Ben Simmons is huge, but when the Celtics are down one of their t- top two big top two guns when, when Jason Tatum, and then you lose Gordon Hayward too, who would fill in there in some capacity, you can't take advantage of that at all. That's, that is right there. That is like the biggest, I thought it was the biggest issue for them the entire series. So I was like, they would start out strong and then never could maintain themselves after the first quarter. Cause that was the problem for the Celtics was the first quarter and the Sixers kind of took advantage of it usually. Yeah. The Sixers in the first quarter would always come out strong because it was literally just dump the ball down to Joel and let him destroy Daniel Tyson and his canter. You know what, Nick, I liked Brad Stevens, uh, his adjustment in game four. I think he pulled Tice after 15 seconds cause he picked up that first foul and he put canter in mm-hmm. and you know, neither of those guys can guard Joel, but I feel like Canner really did a good job of pushing Embiid out a little bit and forcing him to take a mid-range shot rather than allowing him to just dribble, dribble, dribble back down into the low block and, you know, score from there like he did on tights. So I will yeah. give you that much credit. But then you mentioned the fact that the Sixers were not able to take advantage of the fact that Tatum was in foul trouble, Hayward was out. And it's because Austin was struggling with Tatum on the uh, off the bench. On the bench, they were able to turn to Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker to mm-hmm. pick up the scoring slack. Who yep. who is Philadelphia turning to? You try to turn it to Tobias Harris, he couldn't hit the bright side of the barn. Mm-hmm. That was bad, man. I I mean, I remember when we were t- going into the series, you were saying how Tobias Harris was number five uh, in terms of like the top five players coming into the series. Yeah. With with Ben Simmons out, and and it wasn't even close. He was he was irrelevant in this series. I mean, I guess he was relevant to the sense that he made the Sixers struggle so much because he was so bad. But he just had no impact on the game whatsoever. I mean, he was like a role guy for you at best. They're just taking a ton of shots, and he couldn't hit anything. It was awful. Him I mean, and, he, and and Horford was disappointing too. Yeah, Horford was a mess. Uh, 
Got Did you see the tweet from his sister, by the way, that she mentioned how, uh, yeah. Him and, how about him and Joel don't work? Yeah. yeah I saw that one. I, I saw that tweet too. Good so old, that goes over well in the locker room. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to. I'm sure it's, you know, because you got to address No, that. Hey, no problems though at all, Kai. You guys got no problems. It's a stupid question to bring, stupid thing to bring up. My uh, bad. Yeah. Sorry, Joel. Yeah, I mean, jo- Joel would definitely, uh, post-game yesterday, took a lot of offense to a question, and I'm not going to throw the reporter's name out there, but the reporter a- asked a question, you know, like, what went wrong this year? Was it the coaching? Was it the injuries? He said, no, that's a very stupid question. You know, we have no issues. We just weren't able to make shots. Like, just basically. That's just, an issue. Nick, I mean, apparently that's not an issue. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I understand you're not throwing the reporter's name out there, but whoever it was, I think it was a he, uh, that wasn't a bad question whatsoever. It it's a very fair question. It was after a first-round bounce, a first-round sweep. And apparently the Celtics have only – I didn't realize this. That was only the seventh sweep in the postseason for the Celtics in franchise history, which is kind really? of shocking when you, yeah, when you consider the amount of success that they've had. Either way, though, it's still, you came into this year, Joel Embiid, and your, one of your goals was to w- win the finals, right, was to win the whole thing. So obviously it's a disappointing year. So if it's a disappointing year, that means things went wrong. So what went wrong? And he could have easily – now, an easy out for him would have been, well, we didn't have Ben. I mean, and you don't have Ben, then it's, that's kind of hard to overcome because he's one of our two best players, and he's one of the top players in the entire league. You take him off of any team, if you take Tatum away from them, it's a different series. Like, if he's not there the entire time, it's a different series. Right. It would have been that simple. But clearly he's frustrated. Clearly there are more issues than he cares to talk about, and that's why he goes and tries to make you know, put it on the reporter. But I think it backfired him on him big time. I think so a little bit too. And I, I really think that the biggest issue with this team, and, and it, I, I, it's so hard to really throw Brett Brown like through to the wolves. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Brett is, Brett is definitely, um, he's definitely a reason why they struggled as much, but mm-hmm. you really have to turn to Elton brand and, and you're like, dude, Tobias $180 million and Tobias shoots two for 15 from deep in this series. He didn't make his first, he didn't make his first three until the fourth game of this series. Mm-hmm. He was 0 for 10 going into game four. Uh, Al Horford, a guy that you gave $109 million to. He averaged seven points and 7.3 rebounds in this series. And he shot 0 for 4 uh, from deep in this series. So, again, where's the spacing coming from? Uh, you're not good. Even if Ben played, even if Ben played, if you're going to get those numbers out of Tobias Harris and Al Horford, Maybe the Sixers could have won a game because yeah. because Ben because Ben and Joe will do what they do. But mm-hmm. they were completely outmatched in this series. And Josh Richardson, uh, I just want to touch on him real quick. I think Josh Richardson had a very good series. Like if we're, if we're going to be completely honest, I mean, yes, he, he averaged sixteen point eight points. He struggles shooting the ball, but I mean, to be honest with you, everybody on this team struggles shooting the ball outside of Shake Milton. Milton shot forty percent from deep in the series. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, Nick, I mean, like, like I thought Josh did a really good job uh, on Tatum. There were a couple moments in game four where I think Tatum tried to drive baseline and Richardson completely just blocked it off, forced him the other way, take a bad shot. But Richardson is, is definitely not without blame here. I mean, you can't shoot as badly as you did mm-hmm. and think you're winning this series. The reason why I think I'm a little bit easier on Richardson than I am on Tobias Harris or uh, Horford isn't just, you know, the, the numbers difference. I think the other thing is he was asked to do a lot more with Ben Simmons being absent. And I think it, it's and, and then on top of that, 
you have two other guys who are expected to, who are more expected to pick up the slack with Ben Simmons out, and then they're not doing it. So Josh Richardson almost kind of has to do double time, and right. that's why it's like, well, you know, he's he's not just taking one step up; he's taking like three steps up in what he's asked to do in terms of responsibilities. And right. I think considering that he wasn't thrown off as immensely as the other guys in the Sixers. Yeah, he wasn't great, but he had moments, and I thought he was like, you know, solid. I think is is a fair way to put his. Uh, how his series went, but I just think he was asked to do so much more that I'm, o- yeah. I'm okay with upgrading that from solid to, to good. I mean, I just, I just expectations for him and for shake Milton for, for that matter too. And he did well, like you said. Yeah. I mean, shake Milton had to defend Kemba Walker Yeah, on, on numerous occasions and Walker did what he did. He shook him out of his shoes and got a couple of buckets. Cause this is Kemba Walker we're talking about, but I feel like shake played well, especially for a second year guy at an SMU and, he averaged 14 and he averaged 14 and a half points. He shot 40% from deep. I feel like Shake Milton is probably the one guy on this roster outside of Joel and Ben, as far as the younger guys go. You know, like he can be a, a, a really, I think, piece for this team in the starting lineup for years to come. I just feel like yeah. he can. I think he, I think he'd be a piece. I mean, uh, if you maybe you, you know, you definitely see him a little bit more often, quite a bit more often than I do. If you think he can be a starting piece, um, maybe. But I think you're right that either way, he can be a guy that helps this team going forward. But that's, it's going to fall a lot on Brand. Like, what is he going to do in this offseason? Is there going to be adjustments that he can make in terms of personnel? Because right now, if, when Brett Brown goes, yeah, it, it, I mean, it makes sense, right? The, the way it always happens in any sport is. The head coach gets, you know, especially if he's been around for a long time, he gets the boot first. And then right. if things don't work out in the next year or two after he's gone, then you look to the GM, you know, president of basketball operations, whatever, whoever, whoever's making those personnel decisions. And then it's like, okay, it's not working with you. So it's not working with this new guy. So clearly you're the problem and how you built this roster. So we got to move on from you now. Right. And I feel like whoever they hire and, you know, like th- there have been a couple of candidates, we'll get into them in a little bit. Whoever they hire, you know, there's there's going to be a challenge with this roster, especially if they don't make, like, a, a big move to bring in a shooter, per se. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of shooting, Furkan Korkmaz is supposed to be the one shooter you have, and he shot 0 for 6 from deep in the series. And, and he scored a grand total of three points in the four games. Yeah, the stat you put out, I think it was in game four, how Cantor had as many um, three-pointers made as Tobias Harris and Tice had like three three times the amount or whatever it was. I was just, <laughs> I mean, Tice isn't a bad three point shooter, but damn, he should be. He should not be out shooting Tobias Harris. And obviously, Canner. He just shouldn't. And <laughs> Tobias Canner doesn't make threes. Exactly. Like Canner made the one three in game two, and yeah. you know, like that. That was the one three he made. Harris didn't make his first three till game four. When so. I see those, we've seen Canner like videos of him shooting threes, but I've never. I can't recall at practice when they're doing their extra work afterwards, ever seeing him shoot threes during his extra work. I feel like he always does post work with like Poirier and, um, and, uh, and taco. Everybody else is shooting threes. Everybody else is practicing that stuff. Canner right. doesn't do it. Right. Because Canner is like a classic big dude. If we're going to be mm-hmm. completely honest. Right. I mean, so yeah. he's making a three and Tobias Harris is right there with him. Shouldn't happen. Ever. It shouldn't. It shouldn't, and, and that was really the downfall of this series. I mean, Philadelphia didn't really didn't have a shot without Simmons to begin with, but if you're not going to get the production you need out of Harris and especially Horford, I, I mean, Al Horford, literally this team all season were built for the playoffs, 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 and you get swept out of round one. Even without Simmons, 
that shouldn't happen. You should at least make that series competitive. We should be getting ready for game five tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're, we're sitting here. Boston's moving on to round two. They're going to take on the Toronto Raptors, who also swept the Nets. And Philadelphia is home. They're, they probably took a flight out of the bubble. They're probably back in the city of brotherly love, getting ready to, you know, ax Brett Brown, which I feel like at this point in time, Nick, a new voice does have to be heard with this group. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, all of their issues are not on, on Brown. Like, these issues no. run much, much deeper, as we saw in this series. And as much as I love Matisse Thibel, Thibel is a rookie, so I'm going to cut him a lot of slack. But he, he was a mess offensively, and I really, he only really only had – he really only made an impact in game one in terms of right. his defense. Right. Um, you know, he really didn't make much of an impact in game two. I kind of put that more on Jason Tatum being Jason Tatum. But then, mm-hmm. in game, but then in game three and game four, I really didn't see much out of Thibault either. And then you look at Alec Burks, and, and Alec Burks shot three for 16 from deep in this series. You were expecting Alec Burks to kind of be a guy to bring you some shooting off the bench. And he played well in game one, but then I feel like Brown went to freaking Howell Neto in game two. <laughs> yep. And just completely threw that whole thing off. So – Brown is definitely – he's going to get axed, but, no, like the issues with this team run a lot deeper than Brett Brown. Yeah, and I think when – I think it starts at the top with your – in terms of player personnel, when you're looking at Horford, you're looking at um, – obviously Harris choked, but I don't know how much of an issue he is outside of that. He could have just had a really bad run and couldn't adjust and, and not got over the fact that, you know, Ben wasn't there. But I think Embiid's another guy who you got to look at too and all this too because it's just – he couldn't – as much as he goes and, you know, he produced well offensively, to go and say what he did after the getting swept, to me it's just – it's such a bad look. And we talked about – we talked about it last time how he doesn't necessarily need to be that vocal leader and everything like that because he's your, he's your best player. That's fine. Like you go and you do your thing. But then to afterwards kind of like act like a – I don't know, like a petulant child, I guess I'd say is the best way to put it. After that loss and after getting that question, it's just – to me, that's not a, not the way to handle things, and I don't I don't know what you're going to get out of it, and then you're not having anybody else who's helping lead. So it's it's clearly chemistry is a problem there, and I, part of me sure. wonders if they would have been better off getting rid of Brett Brown after last season with the idea. And I, don't, I forget if the numbers would have added up, right? They would have been able to kept JJ and kept um, and Jimmy Butler too, right? Well, apparently this new report came out by Chris Haynes and you know, late last night and mm-hmm. basically Butler, basically saying that Butler and Brown really just had a terrible relationship. Brett didn't want Jimmy back because uh, something about Jimmy just like basically challenging every coaching decision Brett made. Mm-hmm. There was another inkling that I found interesting in that report by Chris Haynes. It, it was it's just something about like Jimmy sent a, a text to Ben Simmons right before the Brooklyn game last year in the playoffs and like asking him to do more. And Ben took exception to that. So, mm. so like, that kind of pl- played a, a factor in it as well. I found that yep. very interesting. Okay. But, but, like, either way, I, I don't know if firing Brown would have brought both those guys back. Maybe Jimmy. But J.J. knew he was signing with the Pelicans a week before free agency. And J.J. Mm-hmm. JJ is a huge Brett Brown guy. He says it all the time on his podcast. He goes, I love Brett Brown. I love Brett Brown. The reason why J.J. didn't come back, and this is J.J. saying on his podcast, he basically said Elton was telling him, we want to get bigger because we want to get ready for the Bucks." That, like, that, that was what Elton yeah, said that's, in so many words. 
Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that the the issue that they present, but you need shooters. I mean, you need to stretch the floor, and uh, yeah, that's just Elton Brand. Like you like you said before, Elton Brand trying to play 2005 basketball instead of you know 2020 basketball. It's not it doesn't, clearly it doesn't work. Yeah, and, and this is what I'm saying. Like Brand is not without uh, guilt here. He's not without blame. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, he pulled off two huge moves, bringing in Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris last year. Okay, great. You let Jimmy go. You gave Tobias Harris, who's never made an all-star game, $180 million for him to come up so minuscule in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It, it's just absolutely crazy to me that he did that. And then you gave Al Horford $109 million. This is not good. And then you look at what they're doing in Miami with Jimmy Butler too. You can't help again. Just like you gotta like clearly that guy is a huge impact player. And and I'm, I'm not saying he's a one. He's he's def, he's more like a one A. You're a really strong two type of guy. Maybe if it's him and Joel as your one two punch, whatever. But clearly he's he's he has a positive impact or can have a positive impact on a franchise because Spolster's a great coach and he's he's done well um, and I'm very impressed with what he's been able to do in the post LeBron era but he needed that guy in Jimmy Butler and then you have all these other guys around him who are getting better too Duncan Robinson who I mean I know everybody loves to gush over him but it's you know deservedly so he's emerged right. as this amazing three-point shooter Tyler Hero none uh, Bam Adebayo now is an absolute monster so you have right. all these guys Dragic who wanted out is now you know I'm seeing like Spencer Dinwiddie tweeting about how or other people tweeting about how he's um like he looks like a leader out on the floor and everything like that it's just like they're clicking and every and I know that we've heard people like I think Chuck maybe has said it too, Charles Barkley, whatever. Multiple people have said the Heat are gonna create problems for the Bucks in the in the uh, second round. And I totally agree with that. That's a seven game series for sure. Coming they into this year. Are. Coming into this year, I did not think that was gonna ever be said. And I'm sure you didn't either. I had Miami as the seventh seed coming into so they, this year. There you go. Because again, I thought they'd make the playoffs on the strength of Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't expect Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and, you know, guys like that to take that next step forward. Right. Because, I mean, Robinson last year was like an afterthought on the Heat. I think he played like 18 games or something. And then then coming into this year, they started Robinson opening night. And I was like, Spolstra, what are you doing? Like, this guy played like 18 games last year. And now Duncan Robinson is like a a bucket. You cannot (laughs) leave that guy open coming off a screen. And it's absolutely crazy to me. But that's the Heat culture, though. They have a culture. Joel did admit yesterday the Sixers don't have an identity. They had they had issues finding their identity offensively and defensively. With the Heat that you just mentioned, Nick, the Heat have that culture. They have that identity. We're going to work hard, and we're going to do what we got to do. The Sixers don't have it right now. And that's That falls a lot on Brown. That falls a lot on Brown. When you look at the Absolutely Heat, does. you look at the Celtics – they have their cultures. Wherever LeBron goes, they have a culture, obviously, because it's because LeBron's there. It's LeBron, but yeah. Same with and same with Doc, more or less, in 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 the uh, in the L.A. too. I mean, I know he's got Kawhi and Paul George right now, but he always has you know what he's gonna do. Oh. They, so, you mean pandemic P? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just I mean, and even even like I don't want to go uh, D'Antoni. He had like they have a thing set up in 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 Houston, and as much as Billy Donovan has had his issues through the years with some guys, like they, he has a he, they have a culture too. And look at what they did this year when you bring in Chris Paul and everything. So I yeah, get exactly. you. It's, 
partially having the superstars, it makes a difference too. But you have superstars in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So I think that part of the problem too is where where uh, Brand thought that Al Horford was going to come in and be that veteran voice. He's not that type of veteran voice that's going to go and shake things up because we saw it in Boston, and it's ha- and it, the same thing has kind of happened here. He's just he's not he's a good player. He's I think I don't know if he's a good three necessarily anymore, like a big three. I thought he could be that. But I just think that he's not the guy teams expect him to be, and that's what where where some of the large issues lie. Right, and especially when you're paying him 109 million dollars, you're expecting him to yeah. be. Yeah, that's what you're expecting. So mm-hmm. obviously, Sixers have a lot of issues. None of us really have the answer. Brett's going to be fired here very soon, either later today or early Tuesday morning. It's it's point is it's going to come. So. Like, let's just kind of go down the candidates. And this came out from Sham Sharanya uh, earlier from The Athletic. There were a couple candidates, candidates that came out. One was Ime Udoka, who is the team's leading assistant. Okay. The, and Udoka has been, uh, you know, among a lot of different, uh, I guess, had coaching vacancies, not just with Philly, but with Chicago and Brooklyn. He was also with the Knicks, along, along the Knicks, too, before they hired Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Another one is Villanova's Jay Wright. I mean, Philly guy, Jay Wright, helped the Wildcats win a couple titles in the NCAA. And then on top of that, not just Jay Wright, you have Teron Liu, who is the assistant with the Clippers right now, helped the Cavs win a title in 2016. And the other one is Dave Yeager, who coached the Memphis Grizzlies and the Sacramento Kings. Those are your four candidates for the head coaching job right now. I personally personally like Udoka, but – Teron Liu is another guy I think, you know, could make a difference there. But fans, are, they aren't too high on Teron Liu. They're not, they're not too high on Liu. They want okay, Jay so I have questions. Okay, so, all right. Jay, the fans wanting Jay Wright makes a ton of sense. But I don't know how you can't look at as much as, they, as much as college coaches are dealing with these young guys and they have a better understanding and Jay Wright's had success recently, I just don't know how you can't look at a college coach and have some serious question marks with them because it's just like, are they going to try and run it like a college program? Are they, do they know better? And he was with team USA this past year, I believe. So he has that so. kind of, so he has that kind of understanding and, and a little taste of it, but I, I just get concerned with that. And I think Lou, you know, he gets thrown around with everybody because of course, you know, the Cavs and your players coach and all that stuff. And if you can, you know, if you can manage uh, a superstar like LeBron and you had Kyrie too, I mean, obviously it fell right. apart, but you still won with all that. Kevin Love too. Yeah, Kevin Love too. Like it's, I mean, maybe he can get that going. The the um, who's Jaeger? I don't I don't get the appeal with that one at all. But Udoka is the one I have. Um, I, so you're more most interested in him, or you think he's the best fit? My question to you is: Are you concerned that it's not enough of a change in voice from him to Brett Brown, as much as he's you know not the same person? I am. That's kind of like the one thing that I could say like that could be a major concern because Udoka okay. is like the second guy on the bench. And like mm-hmm. now, if we just if they do decide to hire him at some point, you he go from second to the first spot on that bench, and now it's like, all right, man, you're the head guy now. But this team also just listened to your voice all last year. Now, like, how much of a difference are you really going to make? He also ran their defense. Like he was kind of like their quote unquote defensive coordinator this year. Mm-hmm. Now the Sixers were obviously a very good defensive team in the regular season, and the playoffs they weren't that just kind of happens when you lose Ben Simmons, but the pieces are there to be a, a very good defensive team. Even if you bring this entire roster back, 
the pieces are there to still be a very good defensive team. The issue is going to be offense. You know, you got to space the floor at some point. You got to figure out who's you, like. You, at some point, you're going to have to realize that bully ball doesn't work in 2020. So right. it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting offseason. I like Udoka, but that is a concern. Uh, Teron Lewis is probably like on the same level though in terms of like my interest and who okay. I think who I think would be the best fit. Udoka and Lou, they're they're kind of like my top two guys. Okay, yeah, I mean Udoka. I mean, I look, I trust your opinion on it when it comes to knowing him uh, specifically. But I mean, by process of elimination, I don't. I want nope. I'm not interested in Jaeger. I don't. Again, I don't understand the appeal there at all. I don't get that either. Yeah. The, the Kings and the Grizzlies are on your resume. I mean, I, I look at the Grizzlies. Have had I've had they've had some fun teams through the years and everything. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't get when you're trying to. I don't. I just don't get that appeal. And then Jay Wright, it, I could see how it might work. I just feel like it's a really risky move for Elton Brand if you go with him. Yeah, you, the fans may want him. That's great. But the fans, it, guess what? If he comes in and sucks, they're still not, they're not going to want him anymore. They're not going to love him. Exactly. You can't listen. You can't right. listen to that shit. You can't do that. So Jay Wright, though, I, I have concerns about college coaches running things in 2020 because. Look at look at the issues John Beeline had with the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's the first one I think of. Now, 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 granted, Beeline is an older guy. He probably yep. runs things a little differently. But at the same time, like, Beeline has so much success with the Michigan Wolverines. And then he goes to the Cavaliers, and he was an absolute mess. And, you know, like, you can tell that Beeline just really was not able to get a handle on things with the Cavaliers. So that's kind of your main concern if you go with Jay Wright, which – is why I'm kind of like pushing him off to the side. Like that's probably just to generate some fan interest or something. But in reality, I feel like Udoka and Lou are probably the top two candidates. Like, yeah, I do wonder, I do wonder with Lou how much he'll be able to resonate with Ben Simmons. I mean, maybe he has a better, like, if, like the thing is like, Ben Simmons is such a different superstar than the other guys across the league. He's not this, like even I can understand Lou and Embiid that could probably work. I do think that could work. But Lou with with Ben Simmons, like that's the guy that's the biggest question mark for me in all this because obviously he has talent, but it's just offensively he's so such a frustrating player to watch when you think he has so much skill and obviously his three point shooting isn't there. But I, I mean, maybe Lou's the guy that can help him out with that. I mean, he's he's as good as anybody when it comes to dealing with superstars, I guess. So why why not try that? Right, right. And I was actually about to mention, and that that one superstar just happened to be LeBron James, and LeBron James and Ben Simmons are boys. You know what I'm saying? Like they talk. It's true too. It's so, true too. So I'm sure if the if the Sixers were to make that higher, I'm sure LeBron would be in his ear like, "Yo, Lou does it this way. If you do it like this, you'll be able to succeed in this scheme." So they're always talking. I feel like Lou had a lot of success with the Cleveland Cavaliers, won a title in 2016, led them to the finals in 2017 and 18, and I get it. It's because LeBron, weak Eastern Conference, especially in 2017. I mean, I'm actually surprised the Celtics even took a game from the Cavs. And that conference final, that stupid Avery Bradley game winner in uh, game three on the road. It hit like every part of the rim before dropping in. It was so weird. And those guys love the scrap. They, they definitely did. They yeah. definitely did. So, but the point is, I mean, Teron Lou, as you mentioned, Nick, had to manage so many egos there. We all know LeBron's ego. I mean, though LeBron will do whatever it takes to win, but he obviously has an ego. He's a superstar. Right. And then obviously Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. 
And then, yep, very different. And then Kevin Love's the third guy, you know, waiting in the wings, and it's in, you know, injuries and everything like that. I'm sure it was very frustrating him, but for him, it always seemed like it kind of was. But you know what, Kai? Like looking at all this too, as you break, is you brought up how LeBron had that weak Eastern Conference that year, um, or for a few years. But now the Eastern Conference isn't weak anymore. It's you know no, you can it's, it's you can say oh it's not like top like one to eight isn't as strong as the Western conference is one to eight. That's fine because the Western conference has like four of the teams that are nipping at the heels for that AC. Sure. But when you look at one to four, it's a, it is tough as hell to get right. to the, the Eastern conference finals. And then it's tough to get through if it's Milwaukee or if next year, it's going to be the nets that are a team that you got to get through. That's going to be brutal because the Celtics are not going anywhere. Even if Gordon Hayward somehow was walked or whatever, the Celtics are not going anywhere. The no. heat are still going to be a tough team and the Pacers should be back to kind of what they were pre Oladipo's injury. Cause everybody else should be healthy at that point. So right. that's going to be, that's, and then, and then you have the Sixers. So my question to you is, do you think that the Sixers have lost out on their window? Because this year was a was a was definitely one that they could have, you know, when you look at the, the way that the conference is built with no Kevin Durant and no Kyrie Irving, this could have been a year where they could have tried to make a push. I didn't think they were Toronto going to. Too. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and Toronto. Too. God, they are perpetually overlooked, and I am just as guilty as anybody. Toronto too. I mean. I actually, I thought about that, Nick. I was like, yo, this is probably their best shot this year because I thought about Brooklyn next year. And with Kevin Durant coming back, because I think Kevin Durant is absolutely incredible. And if you get him on the floor with these younger guys like Karis LeVert, who had a very good year, and Kyrie Irving, obviously, is a bucket, the Nets are going to run the East, I feel like, for the next two, three years, as, as, as long as those guys stay healthy. If, mm-hmm. which is a big if with Kyrie Irving because you know, Kyrie Irving gets hurt literally every single year since college mm-hmm. actually since high school actually yep so but, but he, he'll be like he I, I think that look he uh, he obviously needed surgery and everything but if you have Kevin Durant and you have all those other guys they have a talented team but you needed Kevin Durant he is that he is that one I mean, Kyrie Irving is a is a two I mean he's a, like, he, I guess he's a 1A however you want to put it but with Kevin Durant, that team is instantly different. And, um, and even if Kyrie battles injuries throughout the season, as long as he's there for the postseason, he, the Nets are a huge issue. And obviously, I mean, they, I think they rise to the number one team in the Eastern Conference before even, you know, taking a shot. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a fair question to ask if Philadelphia is up in Mr. Window, especially with Brooklyn coming back all healthy. And, mm-hmm. and, and as you mentioned, Boston and Toronto. Speaking of Boston and Toronto, they're going to be facing each other round two. Prediction. Uh, you know what? Going into it, I thought the Raptors were going to take it in probably seven. I hate going. You know, Kai, I do not like using seven because it's such. I feel like it's such a cop out because then it's like, oh, well, if the other team goes and wins, it's like, well, I, you know, I said they had seven games, blah blah blah. But I truly think this is a, a evenly matched series. I think that the big thing is to what is Kyle Lowry going to look like after that ankle yeah. injury? That exactly. is a huge problem. So is he going to be able to, is he going to be himself? Is he going to play in game one? Because if he's not playing in game one, that should be a Celtics win. No questions asked. And that can change the entire, you know, the, the way that the, the entire series goes if the Celtics take that first game. So I think it's going to be seven. <sighs> Part of me still thinks it's going to end up being the Raptors because I don't know that Lowry's going to be bugged by that ankle all series. But uh, it's, it's, it's a tough one, right? You know what? I said Raptors before, but I like how Tatum's look shooting. I like how Kemba has – I really like how Kemba has looked. Much better than I thought he was going to look coming into it. Right. Considering Lowry's injury, I'm going to say it's going to be Celtics in seven. I'm going to say Toronto in seven. 
just, just oh. because just because the Raptors were my pick to come out of the Eastern Conference this year. That's fair. That's so totally fair. I'm I'm going to continue riding this Toronto you know train even without Lowry because I feel like with Fred VanVleet and the mm-hmm. way he's playing this year, which by the way I saw Detroit's getting set to sign him a offer him a max contract, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> max contract for Fred VanVleet? I mean. <sighs> I don't mean any, dis- I mean any disrespect, but a max contract, dude. He's a good player, though. I mean, he would definitely help out the Pistons, but I mean, a max contract, I, I, I don't know. I don't you know. A lot know. of people would help out the Pistons, given where they were going, <laughs> hey, man. going at the end of the season. Hey, man, Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose, bro. Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose, about, about, about to lead the way to a championship. I love me some D Rose, you know that, but. Hey, 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 man. I mean, Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose, they're the next coming of uh, Shaq and Kobe. Like, come on. Yes. Now. Yes, everybody says that now. People are saying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick. Thank you for hopping on the bell ringer with me again to recap this. Uh, I want to say competitive series, but I can't. But they were competitive, like, one game. You know what it kind of reminded me of? It kind of reminded me of you trying to come out with your Batman takes on Twitter, and then I would instantly shut them down. Like, you were the Sixers in this sense, and I was the Celtics. It's just funny how it worked out that way. Now that the season is over, I will admit uh, the uh, the Batman takes are definitely going to come back out at some point. uh, Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. Because, I mean, Batman is an overrated superhero, and he's got no powers. If the IRS audited this man, he would have no powers at all. So, that is Iron Man, oddly enough. I, no, no, no. Iron Man had, like, his own, like, lab, though. Like, if you take away his, you know, if the IRS were to audit him, I'm sure there'd be a way for him to hide his suits. Like, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, Batman doesn't have the Batcave. Right. Definitely. Uh, first of all, everybody knows about the Batcave, so the police would just kind of storm in there and then take what needs to be taken. So, no, don't even worry about it. Everybody knows about the Batcave. Duh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, sure. Definitely. Uh, let, uh, Nick, Nick, you know I'm right. You know, uh, Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> 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 also, th- he's fighting a clown, and he can't beat a clown? I don't understand it. That's- you know what's fu- you know, a funny one that I think you – I saw someone tweet this out the other day, and you appreciated it when there was like a they, – they've done Marvel and DC crossovers through the years, and we're hoping – really hoping that they're going to do something in the comics soon, but they had something where the Punisher and Batman cross paths, and even oh. the Pun- and even Punisher thought Batman was a little crazy. It's, it's like almost like him and Joker need each other. So. No, I can't keep- yeah, well, that, that's a toxic relationship. Uh, I, I can't get on board with toxic relationships in 2020. Can't do it. A oh, toxic look at you. It, it, it's, it's like Al Horford and the Sixers. Toxic relationship. Can't do it. Ooh, 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 ooh. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? It wasn't good this year. It wasn't no, good this year. You're not going to hear any arguments from me, but Anna might have something to say to you about it. I'm, I might get something from Anna, but I think Anna knows, too, that Al's probably you know better fit in Boston. Shout out to Anna Horford. She was on the, uh, the Bell Ringer. But, uh, help us preview this series. It, it just the series didn't go out well at all. So, mm. for Nick Fryer, tell them where they can find you, bro. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore Fryer. Uh, you can, of course, read uh, Nets Wire stuff, uh, USA Today, Sports Media Group, like Kai's Sixers Wire. And uh, you can find the Five Out podcast on Twitter uh, and Instagram at Five Out Pod. And, of course, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio.com, WEI.com. You know, all the same places Kai has except for, you know, EEI. Yes, sir. And with that said, 
I'm going to end off this podcast by thank you everybody for rocking with me this year. This has been a very interesting and different season. I slept at a bus station up in Boston back in December. <laughs> yes, and then and then just so everybody knows you stayed with me the second time because I stayed with him the second time. I just I didn't plan well the first time. I didn't realize you know Nick was there, so like I didn't plan well the first time. So point mm-hmm. is, thank you all for rocking with me, and uh, I hope you guys are going to rock with us this summer and hopefully by 2021, whenever the 2020-21 season is going to begin. Because oh, nobody knows when it's going to begin. You guys will be right here with us on Sixers Wired. So for Nick Fryer, I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer.